G'day and happy Friday, beautiful people. Thanks for joining me on your happy Friday, or maybe you're joining me over the weekend. Whenever, hope you've had a lovely week and you're gearing up for an enjoyable and relaxing weekend, weather permitting. But today, I'm going to jump on with Nico and Liv, and we're going to talk about Alan Tudge's resignation. We're going to have a look at the speculation that has been shut down about Josh Frydenberg having a tilt at the seat of Aston, which will go to a by-election soon. We don't have a date yet. And we'll also look at why this is such a big test of Peter Dutton's leadership and the different scenarios that could potentially play out at that by-election that we'll see in Aston. So there's a lot happening. Before we get into all of that, give us a five-star rating on the podcast app that you're listening to us on. It's the best way to let others know that you love Chat Theory. It helps us out massively with the algorithm, and then the podcast apps will promote us more and more. So that five-star rating is so important. And also remember that this podcast doesn't have ads. We rely entirely upon the support from you listeners. So consider making a donation via PayPal. There's a link below. It'd be much appreciated and also become a paid subscriber so you get access to exclusive content. I have a great show coming out for you members over the weekend on Jim Chalmers, his essay and the reality behind economics in Australia. So you don't want to miss out on that. Become a paid subscriber, link below. But for now, let's jump on with Nick and Liv to discuss Alan Tudge and his resignation. Happy Friday. Welcome to the show, Livster Nico. How are you? Good. Happy Friday. All right. How good is it? It's going to be a stinker down here. Yeah, same here, apparently. Yeah, right. It's raining, raining this afternoon? I don't know. Maybe. Rain. You'll have to wait and see, Nico. <laughs> we can speculate. <laughs> anyway, speaking of speculation, that doesn't even make sense. Um, Alan Tudge has resigned. Nico, we discussed this briefly on yesterday's show. We're recording around... I don't know, two or three o'clock yesterday where he hadn't actually resigned yet, but there were murmurings that, you know, he was going to resign. And there were also murmurings that Josh Frydenberg would, you know, use this as a entry back into politics. So we'll discuss that. To start off with, why don't we actually look at some highlights from Alan Tudge's uh, resignation speech from the House of Representatives yesterday? Just, uh, just as a, like a little exercise for all of you listening, while you listen to Alan Tudge do his resignation speech, think about all the people who committed suicide after receiving letters from RoboDebt. Just a, a little uh, game that we can play on your, on your happy oh, Friday. But, but, that, but that's not the official line because like they said in the Royal Commission, nobody knows why somebody commits suicide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one Makes knows. Sense. No, no, it's all good. Um, so I'd nice. like to inform the House that I'll be resigning from Parliament effective from next week. Um, I informed the Prime Minister and the Speaker of my decision earlier today and the Leader of the Opposition has known of my likely intent since early January when my decision was cemented following the passing of my father. It's not been an easy decision for me, wow. but it is necessary for my health and for my family, amongst other reasons. Um, I certainly have not taken this decision lightly. Hang, hang, on, hang on, what are the other reasons? I want to know what the other reasons are. Oh. To spend more time with his family. That's no, no, but he said reason. as well as other reasons. Oh. That's that's what we're interested in. I mean, everyone wants to spend time with their family, right? Yeah. No? Okay, maybe not. <laughs> no comment. <laughs> My daughters who are um, 18 and 16 know nothing other than their dad being away. 
They've had to put up with things that no teenager should have to, including death threats, the most recent of which was last week. My son is a bit younger, but I equally want to be a good father to him. My passion has always been in social policy rather than economic or security policy, the traditional liberal focal areas. I've always believed that while the economy is the foundation of our society, the social policies determine whether individuals are given the opportunity and responsibility to realise their potential. And both wow. of these things are required. That's what Robo Opportunity did. Help people realise their potential. Yep. <laughs> wow. Wow, he's got like zero self-awareness. I yeah, think he also yeah. said that one of the highlights of his career yeah. was in introducing the... Um, the cashless. Cashless. Oh, the cashless card. welfare it's card. better, yeah. My greatest passion, though, was and is in education. Huh? I would have loved more time leading that portfolio but I know that many of our initiatives are being supported by the Albanese government. I, I don't expect the Labor government to be quite as passionate as me as reforming the school curriculum to present a more positive, optimistic view of our nation, but I'd certainly encourage the government down that path. Yeah. Mr Speaker, I leave honoured to have served and proud of what we have achieved. Oh, wow both for the people of Aston and across Australia, but particularly for Indigenous Australia. Oh, goodness me. <laughs> there is always much more work to do when there are always new faces in this place. But I believe that the Liberal Party is well served by the emerging talent in Aston, and it is time to pass the baton to someone who can hopefully serve our local community better than anyone before them. It truly has been an honour and a privilege to be a member of this place. I thank the House. Alan Tudge, we accept your resignation. So here's the question. Jumped on his own or pushed? Yeah. So a couple of things. First of all, I think he should have resigned. You can probably tell that I have a severe contempt for him. So I think that he should resign. However, I want to play both sides of the fence today. I want to have my cake and eat it. Because okay. him resigning, I think, to your question, was 100% his idea. Why? People like Alan Tudge, similar to Malcolm Turnbull, are ticking boxes. They're high achievers. We went through this last week uh, for the members. We went through that robo-debt, his robo-debt evidence at, um, at the Royal Commission. So people like him, they're really highly strung. They're highly motivated. They're high achievers. He probably realized there's nothing else I can do. Like as a politician, I'm done. I'm not going to get a portfolio again. I was part of one of the biggest stuff-ups in uh, Australian political history, being robo-debt. Um, this is the end of the road for me. So for him, he can go and earn millions in the private sector. He's so well-connected. Why would he stay and serve the people of Aston for another term when the Liberal Party is at rock bottom, due in part to his uh, incompetence? So it, it makes sense why someone like him would personally feel that, you know, I'm done here. I can go do stuff elsewhere, earn more money, have more free time, less scrutiny, screw this place. They don't appreciate someone like me, so stuff it. What do you think? I think you're probably right. He, he does come across as one of those people that will just, you know, know when the time's right to go and move on and get on to something else and create some more problems somewhere else. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I reckon I reckon he was pushed. I think, I think between him... ScoMo and Porter, they've all got blood on their hands. 
I reckon, I reckon Dutton said we need a fall guy and you're the fall guy. See, here's why I think that that's wrong. This is the worst case for Dutton. So the let's think about like the potential outcomes here, okay? First off the bat, we should say Josh Frydenberg, there were rumors that he would come back. He lost the seat of Kuyong that he held for so long to Teal Independent Monique Ryan. And he now works for Goldman Sachs, you know, some Australasian manager or, or, or something, right? There was speculation that this would be an opportunity for Josh Frydenberg to come back in a safe liberal seat, except it's not really safe anymore. We'll get to that in a moment. And, and, you, were, and you were right. Goldman Sachs weren't releasing from his uh, employment by the sounds of it. <laughs> yeah, I said that yesterday. And it kind of makes sense. Like, l- let's analyze this for a second. So Josh Frydenberg... A year out of politics, almost a year, he's probably earning lots and lots of money at Goldman's, less scrutiny. I mean, have you seen a photo of Josh Frydenberg in the last year? I haven't. Um, He's spending more time with friends and family, uh, more low-key existence in the private sector. So he's, he's uh, he's taken a breather, right? What happened last at last year's election was very humiliating. That would have been quite humiliating for him and obviously to the Liberal Party. For him to come back, I think it's a bad idea for him to come into a different seat like Aston. I don't actually know how close it is to Kuyong, yeah. but straight away it reeks of opportunism. If Josh Frydenberg, in my opinion, wants to make a comeback, he should do it in Kuyong, he should do it at the next federal election, and he should give himself time to reflect and to understand why he lost that seat. Now, I'm not trying to be like woke and you know, he needs to understand women's issues. I'm not, I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying I think it's too soon. The Liberal Party is at rock bottom. And if he was to fail now, that is it. Mm. That is it for him, right? And also I think out of respect to his pals at Goldman's, I reckon – he would have had some sort of, this is speculation, obviously, I've got no evidence of this. I reckon he would have had some sort of gentleman's agreement. It may even be in his contract. I doubt it. Probably more of a gentleman's agreement that um, he's not going to all of a sudden, you know, pick up and, uh, and and try and go back into politics somehow, some way. So, I mean, they, they could have brought him back into the Senate via Jim Mullen, even though he's from uh, Victoria. I don't know how that works, actually. Maybe that's completely wrong. But anyway, oh, they just need to get him a rental in uh, in New South Wales. Yeah, but that, that doesn't look good, and they probably don't want him in the Senate. He's such a recognisable face. But but anyway, so I reckon there are a couple of factors there for Josh Frydenberg to basically just completely dismiss it um, from the word go. Not to mention, just still on the Frydenberg, I'll bring you guys in in a moment. Peter Dutton would not want Josh Frydenberg coming back as the saviour of the Liberal Party. So imagine Josh Frydenberg, right, contests the seat of Aston and improves their margin in Aston. So like a swing back to the Liberal Party. Josh Frydenberg but comes let, back. Dutton's leadership is done. Let's let's talk let's talk about what what the margin is in Aston because you've got the, the figures up. Sure. So at last year's election, Tudji after preferences got 52.8% of the vote. And that represented a 7.3 swing to the ALP. So Mary Doyle, she was on 47.2%. Okay, so it was historically a safe liberal seat. 
but not anymore. Well, yeah, not anymore. And if we go down, we can see on first preferences, Tudge had 43.1% of the vote. Uh, that was an 11.6% swing against the Libs. So what that means, correct me if I'm wrong, but at the last election before last year, Alan Tudge got in on first preferences. He would have got over 50%, right? Isn't that what that means? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yep. So 43.1, the year before that would have been, uh, sorry, the election before that would have been um, over 50%, 50, uh, 54% or so. Yeah. Uh, actually, I really want to know that if that's correct. Yeah, no, no, that's right. That's right. Sorry. Oh, yeah, here we go. Sweet. Yep, just like I said. So first preference at the 2019 election, 54.7%. And he actually improved it from a swing of 5.3%. Make sense to everyone? Yeah, yeah, makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, I'm so sure, yeah. at the 2019 election, he didn't even need preferences. Like they just got in on on first preference votes for, for the Libs for Alan Tudge. So this is a real litmus test for the Liberal Party. What do you guys think about the whole Josh Frydenberg situation before we sort of move into Dutton and, and what this sort of means? Yeah, I, I think I think it's a shit move. Like he, he got out, why, why would you... Why would you even try to test somebody like that in, in a marginal seat? You're better off getting somebody fresh faced, put them up there. Yeah, I reckon he too, too much too much baggage. Hundred percent. I reckon Josh Frydenberg would also. I mean, all these guys are narcissists, right? I reckon he would feel as though the Liberal Party owes him something because Scomo stuffed up. Everyone, like Josh Frydenberg, uh, those senior liberals that really got screwed over, not just by losing government, but, you know, Josh Frydenberg lost his seat. I reckon a lot of them really have a great deal of contempt for Scott Morrison and, how, and, and how therefore can, the Liberal Party. How can ScoMo still be hanging on? If I mean, if Tudge resigned, Porter resigned, how the hell is ScoMo still hanging on? Have you met his personality? Oh. Like, he, have you seen this guy? Go. Yeah, he he still thinks that he was done wrong by. Like he has no awareness that he was in the wrong. So I mean, if if any if anything, Tudge resigning has saved the Liberal Party. Like once this Royal Commission report comes out, um, and there might be there might be recommendations to pay compensation to all the all the people that got these unlawful debts. I don't like we've discussed in our other podcast. I don't think there'll be criminal charges. Um, it's which the, is the outrageous. Yeah, the threshold just is quietly. the the threshold is is just too high um, for what is it mis misuse of public office? Yeah, but Christian Porter it's, didn't resign over robo debt. No, no, I know he, he didn't. resigned he had, over he the a, blind trust about that rape case. No, no, no. But but the, look, there would have been they would have. The Labor Party would have tried one of these like tokenistic censure motions. There would have been um, Labor guys basically calling for his resignation. So they've kind of saved all of that by him just going quietly now before the report's out. I th- what do you I th- mean going quietly? He just went on and did testimony at RoboDebt last week. Yeah, but none of – like you saw, none of that made the mainstream media. I know no we one- talked about it. I think unless you're on Twitter, you actually would have no idea the robo debt was really going on, like the the extreme of it. Like 
if you were on any other social media platform or just like mainstream news, you wouldn't know the full and damage of like Alan Targe's testimony. Oh, it it was damaging. We watched yeah, it. Yeah, no. Like, like we've discussed, I, I went through I went through the transcript sixty five times. Sixty five times he said, "I cannot recall." I can't. Bill Shorten re- brought that up too. Did he? I can't. They can't talk. Labor can't. No, I can't no, recall the meeting. I can't recall that conversation. I I I can't recall the parameters of 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 that investigation. I can't recall. He probably so he knows. Looked shit. He looked. Mm. And in, in some of it, he actually said, like, he was asked questions and he'd just go, ah, uh, I'm just going to say I can't recall. You know what was interesting <laughs> about all that? You know, Christian Porter was the only one who, or the only politician who really, the closest thing to taking responsibility, if you can call it that, mm. apologized and said, you know, I wish that I'd asked more questions, you know, which is still a cop out. But he was able to say that. Why? Because he's, he's, he'd, he'd left politics. He doesn't say is that because he's out of parliament, though, yeah. that he can say that? Yeah, yeah absolutely. He doesn't have to uh, – he's a little bit more free to um, say what he really thinks. Let's move into Peter Dutton because, Liv, we were discussing this last night over our chat as to why this is make or break for Peter Dutton, and I really do think that it is. Do you want to explain why, Liv? Basically, from what I understand from the way we were talking, it's because if he can't retain the seat, he could be challenged. Like, he'll look bad. Like, it looks like that maybe the voters have been listening or they're, you know, they're still trying to send a message out to the um, Liberal Party that they don't want them still. Like, he hasn't been able to turn anything around or improve anything than the time he's been the opposition leader. I'm not too sure if I've got that right, but that was my understanding. Let's look at the different scenarios as to how this sort of plays out. First, you reckon the teals will run someone? Yeah, I think They're they looking. will. Yeah, I think they will. And I think that they should. Mm. I think they should because it will be a, a really strong message. Not that I support them, but just looking at it objectively. So what are the scenarios here? Well, I think the most likely scenario is that Labor wins this seat. Albanese, a Labor Party, they're flying high. Jim Chalmers is the the darling of the mainstream media at the moment after he wrote that stupid essay that doesn't even make sense. And for the Labor Party, if they can win, I don't know if they do on uh, first preference, but historically in that seat, like we we just saw, I don't know if you guys saw that little bit of detail, the majority of preferences historically flow to Labor. Oh, yeah. I mean, we're looking at them now. They've got a 12.1% primary vote for Greens. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So I I reckon the chances are definitely in Labor's favour. Yeah. So I think a big Greens showing, a big Labor showing, potentially a big Teal showing. I don't know if they preference Labor. Uh, The Liberal Party really, I've been saying this for the last six months, are at rock bottom. I don't know how you can be at rock bottom for six months, but... (laughs) They're really in a bad spot. So that's what I think will happen. Labor will will win the seat of Aston at the by-election. I'm, I'm happy to be proven wrong. We'll, we'll just see what happens, right? So That'd if, be crazy. So if that does happen, Liv, yeah. what does that say about Peter Dutton? That he's not a very good leader. Well, he didn't lose the last election. Scott Morrison did. Yeah. This will be the first election, albeit a by-election. I mean, let's be clear. This is just one seat. Hmm under Peter Dutton's leadership. Now, we went through the history of this seat. 
It was historically uh, a safe seat. Alan Tudge turned it around. He lifted his first preference standing at the 2019 election. There was a massive swing, 11.6% swing against him at last year's election. If that trend continues, that sends the message that in a pivotal seat, I mean, because this is a really good example, right, of what went wrong at last year's election. Okay, this seat is a really good example. Why? Because it was safe. Now it's less safe. It's become marginal. So if the Libs can't win that seat under Dutton, that sends a strong message that, well, was this just, a, you know, a practice run for the next federal election? Are we wasting our time by having Peter Dutton here? My view is yes, but I, I don't, nothing personal against Peter Dutton. I don't mean to be vain or shallow, but I, I, I don't, I can't see Peter Dutton leading the Liberal Party and the coalition to a win. He's a poor communicator. He's not present enough. He doesn't have enough presence. And the, and the Libs have an identity issue. They have yeah. an identity issue with with you because you've got how can how can people like Don Perrette and Peter Dutton belong to the same party? Well, they're both from the same faction. What? Are you serious? You didn't know how that? How can they be? They're they're they're, they're both they're hard like right. Polar opposites. No, they're both yeah. hard right. No, 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 no. Peter Dutton and, and not only that, Alan Tudge as well. They're all from the hard right faction of the Liberal Party. Yeah, well, they have an identity crisis. <laughs> Clearly. I've been saying this for six months about Dom Perrette. I, I don't think people realise that. And, and that's an interesting observation from you, Nico, that you didn't realise that Dom Perrette was from the hard... Bro, his Opus Day. did you miss the Four Corners? Hardcore, like far, mm. far right Christian conservatives. He said that he's he, he's in agreement for the voice, and Dutton's like, yeah, nah, more detail. Not saying no yet, but more yeah. details. He wants his pamphlets, bro. There's an election on the 25th of March in New South Wales, Nico. Don't look. Oh, this is so interesting. This is going to be really, really telling if Don Perrette wins the election in New South Wales, because what it means is. Conservative politics, far right faction in the Liberal Party in Australia is done. Unless you're a national and you're in a regional area, because the nationals are killing mm, it with their anti voice correct, rhetoric, correct, right? Or correct. unless you're in like one nation territory, UAP territory. Oh, there's only one UAP seat, and that's a senator. That's a senator. But basically, the Liberal Party is no longer a conservative party if Dom Perrette wins. Yeah, I agree. Because it's a conservative from the far right or the hard right. Oh, sorry, some people get offended when you say far right. All I mean is the furthest to the right out of the other three factions, out of the, all the three factions. Um, moderate. Yeah, moderate, centre right and uh, hard right. So, yeah. And, and, and like I said, Alan Tudge, Peter Dutton, Don Perrette, all from the same faction, but you'd never know it, <laughs> right? Yeah. You'd never Not know at it. All. But at least in, in, in Peter Dutton's defence... I mean, Dudden is a lot more legit. I, I do like that he was was blue collar. You know, he came up as a cop and a detective. Now he's a multimillionaire like most politicians are due to his uh, savvy property dealings and his uh, wife's childcare business. But, um, you know, good luck to him. I just, I, I don't find him appealing. I think he's, um, I mean, I, I can't remember the last time he smiled. You know, versus someone. I know people will call me shallow, right? I I don't care about these things, so don't misunderstand what I'm saying. 
you guys know I'm all about policy and integrity, right? I'm saying for the general population, someone like Peter Dutton looks like a, a, an, old, an old grumpy white man. That's, uh, that's, that's I think, pretty the perception. much what he is. That's uh, that's neither here nor there for me. I, I, I don't. I'm, I'm colorblind. I'm, I'm being serious. When it comes to policy, I don't care. There's a lot of things that uh, Lydia Thorpe is saying that I like at the moment. Hmm. That's yeah. scary. Hey, I was actually thinking that the other day. I was yeah. like, man, I need to. As she's sounding, sound like a little bit sensible. Hmm. Mm. And that's what happens when you are no longer constrained by towing the party line. Isn't it fascinating? Yeah. The state of politics is truly uh, incredible at the moment. So, so what, what, what do you like that Thorpe is saying? I like that she's acknowledging the voice is woke and will yep. be about as effective as a wet paper bag. I do. And, and I honestly, we can talk about this another time. I don't want to get into it now because I have some strong ideas and, and thoughts on the treaty. I might do a special on it on how like an actual proper treaty would work and the arguments for and against it. But I, I do agree with someone like Lydia Thorpe in her position. I see why she would be pushing for a treaty and uh, trying to uh, bust myths around the voice because the voice, in my opinion, like we said, is just uh, virtue signaling. To but, yeah. Tokenistic. Yeah, 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 but that's not what we're here to discuss today. So what do you guys think about where Peter Dutton stands if Labor wins. I mean, what about the alternative scenario? What if they put a really good Liberal candidate in and they win the seat again on the same margin? Maybe they increase the margin. What do you think happens in, in that case then? Well, I was going to say before, wasn't it in the state election they had their independent run in one of the Liberal seats too that we thought was going to lose and they ended up, the Liberal Party ended up winning and it was kind of like maybe they just didn't like ScoMo? Because in the federal election, we saw Monique, you know, Kuyong lost their seat um, and they sent a message to the Liberal Party. But I'm sure it was that seat next to Kuyong and the federal, the Victorian federal, that they thought the independent was going to win, but the Liberal retained the seat. Oh, yeah. I yeah. So that. maybe it was a message. You know, I'm just, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe you know what? that's why they had the swing. I don't know. I, I, I recall, I can't recall, from what I recall, <laughs> Liv, it was yeah. a weak teal candidate. It wasn't one of their better candidates. Oh, wasn't it? Yeah, like, okay. the, like the actual candidate wasn't that impressive. Wasn't that impressive. Yeah. Right. I mean, Monique okay. Ryan's, a, what is she, a, a neurosurgeon or something? And Yeah, something like that. That's probably wrong. Something like that. It doesn't manage her staff very well, apparently. Um, Don't even get me started on that. Because <laughs> I completely support Monique Ryan in that case. Fancy a chief of staff in Australian politics whinging that she's being overworked. I mean... Cry me a river. Life is hard. Seriously. Get back to also, work. Also, okay. So even so if put they you, do put lose. Put your masks on. Put your masks on, yeah. <laughs> so okay, even if they do lose and you know Labour wins, what who's gonna like who's gonna challenge Peter Dunn? There's no suitable person that could challenge him. Nico, no na name the next leader of the Liberal Party. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, Crickets. I can't think of one. Su Susan Lay. Oh really? no, don't. She's the most She's insincere. I mean, politicians are generally known for being insincere, but she takes it to a whole new level, right? I don't dislike yeah. her, but... Although she does <laughs> give it to Elbow, so that would be fun to watch Question Time a bit more. People hate it when I say this. I actually receive messages every time I say this. Um, yeah. But Go. Peter Credlin, 
They've got to figure out a way of getting Peter Credland into the Liberal Party. Oh, she if, doesn't want to go back if to they, that. No, I don't think she would. She's probably earning too much money at Sky News and, with no, and with Abbott, no scrutiny. I've got to get Abbott back in as well. So, no, not what, Abbott. What we no, no, I'm being serious. In. No, no, I'm being serious. I'm being Peter serious. Credlin, so, I'd like so, to see her. They do need a strong woman candidate in there. Peter Credlin was Tony Abbott's chief of staff. Mm. For those of you who don't know, she's the host of Credlin. She's got her own show on Sky. I th- I don't agree with everything she says, but she's extremely intelligent. She's obviously got great leadership. She knows her way around Canberra and she's um, she's pretty tough. She looks pretty tough and, 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 and hardened. I mean, like I said, she spent a lot of time in Canberra at the highest levels. If the Liberal Party really want to get serious, I think they need a full strip down of the party, bring in someone like Peter Credlin, because I should say, I don't think there is a significant difference between where Peter Credlin stands on policies and someone like Peter Dutton does. Tony Abbott, whom she was the chief of staff for, was from the hard right of the party. So Tony Abbott, Peter Dutton, they're from the same faction. So it stands to reason that from a policy perspective, Peter Credlin would be quite close to Peter Dutton. But when you package it differently, anyway, I don't don't know who... I don't know who leads the Liberal Party if Peter Dutton doesn't. They've got an identity crisis. They're, I agree. Brand, I think, I think no their brand's right. finished. Their yeah. brand's finished. I agree with you. I, I agree with you. Unless they have a massive transformation, maybe Peter Credlin, like maybe I'm completely wrong. Maybe it's a terrible take. Maybe that's the case. Fine. Give me an alternative. Someone please reach out to me if you have some insight as to how you think the Liberal Party goes forward if Peter Dutton um, doesn't work out. Have you seen the polling on Peter Dutton? It is terrible. Yeah, it's terrible. What has yeah. he got, like a 20-something percent mm. uh, preferred prime Pre- minister? Preferred it's just yeah. terrible. So I don't know where this goes, but this by-election lifts to, like you said initially, for the seat of Aston, it's going to be massive. It's going to be massive. We don't have a date yet. What they said on ABC, they, after the Easter break, it's looking like April after Easter. At yeah. the moment. You mean after the New South Wales election? Yeah, well, that too. When's that? March, March <laughs> no, 25th? Yeah, it? March 25th. But but they need they, they do need time. You can't just call a by-election yeah. for next week. They need to figure out who the candidates are. They need to, like, campaign. Like, yeah, no, that's I'm probably being a bit too cynical there. This is um the second by-election for Aston. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, when, I read about was the other one? Uh, the other one was in uh, 2001. Yeah, wow. Okay, let's go back. Anyway... Uh, interesting thoughts. A little bit all over the place today. There's a lot going on. Nice casual Friday conversation. Nico, Liv, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you have a good weekend. Same to you. Happy Bye. Friday. See ya. See ya.